0: There is so much mindset work that goes into being more visible as a business owner, and I know firsthand how challenging it can be to show up, be seen, and make a living doing what you love. But what happens when you're showing up and still not seeing the results you want in your business? What then? Today, we're diving into some of the most common ways you may be hiding in plain sight and unknowingly sabotaging your income and impact. We talk about why so many high achievers find themselves with this very challenge Hint, it has to do with your mindset and what you can do today to shift it and actually get paid. If you're someone who's sitting in a story that you're doing everything you could be to grow your business, but are still hearing crickets, this episode will shift everything for you. (coughs) All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Kim Argetzinger. Kim is a mindset coach and business mentor with a mission to help you create your version of success and make more money doing what you love. Through private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and courses, Kim helps high-achieving, passion-driven solopreneurs and coaches transform their business from the inside out so they can stop hiding in plain sight, simplify and streamline their strategy, and build a business that they're wildly in love with that also gets them paid. Kim, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Ah, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, so excited. So I feel like I have seen you like everywhere on the internet lately, but I would love for you to tell our audience a little bit about you and what it is that you do and why you do it.
1: I feel like I've seen you everywhere as well. So I'm so happy. with you. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you for the awesome intro. I feel like you gave a really great summary of what it is I do, but As the intro said, I'm a mindset coach and business mentor, and I work with high-achieving, I say heart-centered, passion-driven entrepreneurs and creatives and coaches. So definitely those people who are like me, the type A go-getter types who tend to also be very heart-centered, passionate, service-based, service-focused, and service-forward, and very much building a business around their passion, what sets their heart on fire. And my work is all about combining clarity, mindset, strategy, and action really. And I have a feeling your work is similar, but I really feel like we have to have both the clarity and the mindset piece along with strategy and action. If we want to build businesses that we not only love, but that also generate that income and impact that we're all really craving. So that's the little short summary of my work. We can definitely talk about it more. I'm obsessed with it and my people. (laughs)
0: I love that so much and you're right like I see so many similarities there and I just love that so much because it just like reinforces that like that's the truth right like that's the way things are that you need those like strategy not strategy you need the mindset and the clarity pieces in place before you can implement the strategy and the right actions and I know you and I both talk about that a lot so the part of your story that I'm so interested in is that you actually used to be an actress can you talk a little bit about that
1: Yes. um, The cat's out of the bag. I spent (laughs) a decade acting. So I graduated college a year early with a degree in psychology. I thought I was going to go and get my PhD in psychology. So I've always had a passion for the mind, what makes us tick. And I also have a passion for performing and for always had this belief that you can do whatever you want. Anything you put your mind to, you can make a living doing that. I was raised that way side weird note, my dad's a race car driver, so he made it happen. He made me believe the same. And I had this choice to make, do I go and get my PhD or do I pursue this other passion of acting? So acting at the time was really what was lighting my heart out lighting my heart up and what won. I booked a one-way ticket, moved to LA and spent ten years there doing the acting thing and worked as an actress, I think I did about a dozen commercials, a dozen indie films, until it was no longer what was lighting me up and I will always be an actress at heart, but the business side of it and what is required to be a working actor, so much respect for all artists. It was just no longer fueling me. I was starting to get a little bit jaded, which is something I never want to be. And I, again, booked a one-way ticket to New York City. i This is apparently the way I change up my life, switch up my life, and picked up to start over in New York City. No job, no nothing. Knew that I had to get out of my comfort zone and out of what was really familiar and everything that was my acting world to see what else was out there. And here we are, I think it's been five, six years later, found coaching and kind of all the dots connecting. It's the Steve job quotes. You can't connect the dots looking backwards, only forwards. Got a job mm-hmm. in advertising in between that and starting my business, found coaching and kind of all the pieces blended together beautifully to start my business.
0: It's so funny that you went to New York to start over, because I actually left New York to start over. (laughs) And that's a little bit of my story. Um, I had had Um, a corporate design job in New York City. I was working at Tommy Hilfiger at the time. And I just like had that moment where I was hauling my groceries back on the subway. And I was like, oh, God, this is not my forever plan. Like, I am so sick of like my commute, my shoebox size apartment. Like, I just feel like if this is what success is supposed to feel like, I just like didn't get it. I'm like, I just don't want it. Like, there's got to be more. Right. And that was actually how I ended up moving out to Denver and starting my own design studio. And that was kind of my like start over um, moment for me. So I just I love that. And I think that like those moves can be like really transformational in a way. Like I know that mindset is a huge part of it. But I think that like there is something to physically removing yourself from a space and just like kind of wiping the, the slate clean, so to speak.
1: So much, yes. And to everyone who doesn't, hasn't lived in New York City, the carrying your groceries on the subway thing is very real. I'm very, very blessed. (laughs) I met my, I, I think he's my soulmate, but I met my person here and I live with him now. So I have a six foot five man who carries the groceries. And if I didn't have him, I don't know that I would love New York the same way. That is a very real thing. But joking aside, what you're saying, I really believe the same is true. I don't always think we have to pick up and move, but I think it is about taking ourselves out of the familiar and our everyday patterns to be able to see what else is possible for us and to honestly get outside our comfort zones and to stretch and challenge ourselves. I think that's where we really start to have those sparks and we're just able to see the world in a different way.
0: Totally. So I know that there had to be a huge mindset foundation to being an actress, right? Because I feel like that's one of those feels that you're like constantly putting yourself out there again and again and again. And I feel like that must have just like propelled your coaching business so much because you were already like so warmed up to that. Did you feel that way? I... Don't know that I would
1: say this is the way everyone should start their business to have that as a foundation. But I do really believe that there are just, I mean, I could, we could talk for like four days just about the foundational pieces of my business that came from working as an actress and having, I mean, that's really having your own business essentially. So from literally marketing yourself and booking work to, oh my gosh, the mindset stuff from rejection, from putting yourself out there, from feeling good enough, from the comparisonitis I mean, could go on all day long. What I found, and this is something I know we talked about a little bit before we hit record, what I found for me acting and what is now translated into my business and with my clients is really this shift, something I call hiding in plain sight. And it's something that came up for me over and over again, acting that I really had to be conscious of to shift. And then again, starting my business. And now I see it over and over again with clients.
0: Totally. So talk to me more about that. Like, What do you actually mean when you say hiding in plain sight?
1: Yeah, right. Because that's a little bit of a term like, cool, cool. That sounds good. But what, what What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> so hiding in plain sight, I feel like this encompasses so much of our mindset stuff. And what I mean by this, if you are that type A person, that high achieving, achieving person, that driven person, oftentimes we're really good at Action taking. We're really good at putting ourselves out there. We're really good at the doing part. And so what I found acting-wise, and then again in my business and with my clients, like we can do the thing. We can show up. We can be, I call it visible, but I'm you can't see me. I'm doing the air quotes. We can get visible. We can write the content, do the posts, and yet a lot of times we're having a disconnect, not getting the results we want because we're hiding in plain sight. And this can be many different things. It can mean we're not sharing our true voice. We're not sharing our true opinions. It can mean that you know, we're really scared to take up space. So we're showing up, but we're not like, energetically taking up space. It can mean we're worried about what other people are going to think. And so we're pulling back. It can mean we're, I found this with acting, believe it or not, you, know, you start to grow up this, this community of friends. And there's almost this fear of, if I book this job, is someone going to hate me? Or am I going to lose my friends? And so it's this fear of success piece that can come in and same thing with entrepreneurs that causes us to, yes, show up, but to pull back and hide in plain sight. It can come out in our sales process, and our sales conversation. So we're taking the action, but we're sabotaging ourselves and we're pulling back, not owning our worth, not allowing ourselves to shine, not sharing our value, not asking for the sale in the same way. And really this can come out over and over again. Even with our offers, I, I call them shadow offers and shadow ideal clients. So I find mm. that a lot of times we'll put out an offer or we'll say who we want to work with, but it's not who we actually want to work with or it's not actually the thing we want to offer, but we're hiding in plain sight. We don't believe in it. We don't trust ourselves. We're a little either scared to put ourselves out there and really put a stake in the ground with, this is the thing I'm brilliant at. And so we have a shadow offer. So we're, we're out there, we're in sight, but it's not what we really want to do. And I could just keep talking about this over and over again. I just feel like, no. <laughs>
0: no, I think it it's so true. And I think this is why it really goes back to like taking the right actions, but also having the mindset in place first, because I think so often, like all of the things that you're talking about where you're like, well, I'm doing the things like I'm posting, I'm, you know, I'm putting things out consistently. Like what, like, why am I not seeing results? And I think a lot of time that goes back to just the fact that like the mindset isn't in place first, right? And all of the things that you talked about, all of those dots you connected for us about like not really believing in the offer or have it not really be the offer that you want to promote or, uh, you know, like all of those are mindset things first. Mm -hmm. And I think that it it just like goes back to that because you can't possibly start acting on the right things if you're not even sure what's standing in your way yet. Does that make sense?
1: A hundred and ten percent. And I mean, I'm. I'm so in agreement with you. I think mindset is, I mean, I think it's almost everything. It's 99% of our action starts in our subconscious. So it's almost everything. And everything we're talking about there, it's 100%, 100% mindset. that's driving all the action. And yet I think for a lot of us, it's, it's the easy button, right? To just go into action taking or just to, even if it's scary to take action, it's usually a lot more comfortable to take action and do the thing than it is to get uncomfortable and look at the mindset block or look at what is uncomfortable there. And so I find a lot of us try to solve for hiding in plain sight by doing more, by taking action. Not that I'm against taking action, but that's not usually what we need to solve for when this is going on. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And I think a lot of times what happens there is we almost want to like race through the, the hard part, right? Like, it's almost like walking on hot coals, right? You just want to like get through it, right? Like go scoot right across and then you're like, okay, I'm good. But I think that what happens is like, you, it makes it so much harder to take those actions consistently. And that's what I see, right? Because if you're not solving the underlying like thought work, right? You're Mm -hmm. not really solving what's underneath the action. So every time you have to, you almost have to like work yourself up for it more every time, right? Like I have like a terrible fear of public speaking, right? It's not my favorite thing. And I think that like for a long time, like even this podcast felt like a stretch in the beginning and like any form of like live video feels like a stretch. And I think that if like every time I did those things, I like had to work myself up for it first, right? It was like 30 minutes of like talking myself up and like feeling good about it and all of that kind of stuff to like get to that point where I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Right. And I think when you're able to solve for like, okay, well, like why, like, why is it feeling so hard right now? Like, what are the thoughts that are going through my head? Like, I'm afraid of what people are going to think. I'm afraid that I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to, I'm afraid that I'm going to say like too many times, you You know, like whatever those things are, when I could start like recognizing those thoughts, it almost was like that they lost their impact and they lost their charge and they didn't seem as like big and scary anymore. So I think when I solved for like the underlying mindset stuff and didn't just try to like rip the bandaid off really quickly every time and just get through it, um, it was so much easier and it really solved the underlying problem rather than just trying to like, you know, (laughs) basically just get through it you know absolutely this is almost a different conversation but it
1: just this came into my mind when you were speaking about that i think what you said about just identifying the thoughts how just seeing them can often help them dissipate i think that's such an important note and just something i wanted to highlight because it's brilliant it's so true so often i find if we just even can highlight what's actually going on in our mind Sometimes we don't even have to do anything with it. Half the time it's like, cool, I can just take this and put this over to the side and go on with what I need to do. I don't actually need to spend, you know, four months journaling on it. Sometimes you do, but sometimes it's just the act of seeing it, And I think that's such a powerful thing to remember. And the other thing that came up while you were saying that, that just feels important to note. And then sometimes taking action once you have that awareness is the part that helps shift the mindset. But if, Mm. Saying? If you're not looking at what's underneath at first, that's when we're we're avoiding it and we're just repeating more of the same versus cool, I see this is going on, and now by taking action I can see, hey, it's not actually that bad, and I'm completely okay after hitting the record. Does
0: that make sense? Totally. Yes. And I agree with you there. I think it's so it's it's almost like how they work together. I think like you almost can't have one without the other, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My business shifted drastically when I started getting more visible, but simply showing up wasn't enough. I had to cultivate the right mindset first. I had to focus less on doing and more on being the person and business owner I wanted to become. You see, so many of the challenges I've faced in my business have been solved by tapping into the mindset of my future self and taking the right actions that are aligned with that vision. So today I'm here to ask you, what does future you look like? How is she behaving differently than you are now? How can she step out and be seen so she can create a business that's aligned to what she wants and how she wants to create it? If you're struggling to answer those questions, then you're absolutely going to want to join me for my free stress to success coaching call. Together, we'll uncover the mindset shift that will make the biggest difference for you so you can start taking the right actions consistently and start saying no to the things that aren't bringing in results. Head over to amandadenley.com slash free call to book. I do a limited number of these each week. So get over there and book yours today. So talk to me about how we're almost like sabotaging ourselves by hiding in plain sight. I think,
1: I mean, there's so many ways we, we sabotage. <laughs> because I think a lot of what happens when we're hiding in plain sight is First of all, I think we're lying to ourselves. I mean, all day long, that's how the brain works, right? We work in stories, we tell ourselves stories. And so we're telling ourselves stories self-stories all the time. When it comes to business, and when we're hiding in plain sight, we're telling ourselves the story that we're doing all the things and that we're showing up. And that then if it's still not working out, we really make it mean something about us not being good enough, which just reinforces the story that's driving hiding in plain sight in the first place. And ripples out and causes sabotage. So the first part, was lying to ourselves. When we're hiding in plain sight, though, the people who we want to work with, the people who want to see us, they can't see us because we're not showing up. The word authentic sometimes feels a little cheesy to me, but it really mm. isn't being authentic. And a lot of times we're pulling back in terms of celebrating how great we are at what we do. Uh, this has been a really big edge for me personally. So, I mean, anyone who's listening and hearing this and resonating with it, you are so not alone on this, but really owning how great we are at what we do and being able to communicate that, that's a huge way we hide in plain sight when we're not doing that. And if we're not, how are we going to connect with the people that we can serve and that we can help? I mean, it's a huge way we sabotage our success and it's the same again with with our offers or with... You know, we're having a sales conversation with someone just on a very practical strategy level. If we're pulling back and we're hiding in plain sight, the person we're literally speaking to on a sales conversation can't even connect the dots in terms of how we can support them and help them. And I think this just pops up over and over again. And then again, we're lying to ourselves afterwards because we're telling ourselves, hey, I showed up. Hey, I did this thing. Why isn't it working? Oh, it must mean something about me. Let me pull. Let me like hit the easy button and latch on to whatever story it is that I've been telling myself over and over and over again about, you know, whatever our limiting belief is, whatever our limiting story is. And let me go there instead of, let me address what's actually going on. that make sense?
0: Yes. (laughs) I think it's amazing how good we are at stacking evidence against ourselves sometimes. (laughs) Because we, like, we literally could find, like, Every reason under the sun to support whatever story we're telling ourselves. And I think that. That is just always going to be true. Like you can't look for something that hard and not find it. So whatever it is that you're self-conscious around or are not like sharing with your clients that you are afraid people are going to judge you for it, like whatever it is, like the more the more fuel you add to that fear or the more you like build up that story in your head, the more evidence you're going to find of that. And I just love to kind of like turn the tables there and say, like, okay, if we're so good at stacking evidence against ourselves. What would happen if we actually started stacking the evidence that supported, you know, the end result that we wanted? Mm -hmm. What would happen if we started stacking evidence that supported the right story and the right thought that would actually help us to take more of those right actions? Because I think, you know, we can we can use it in either way, right? We can either use it to stack the evidence against us or we can use it to stack the evidence for us. So I think when you're able to really hone in on what that story is um, and don't get me wrong. Like we all got blind spots. <laughs> like I know that they can be really hard to recognize in yourself, and I think that's one of the reason that one of the reasons that coaching can be so powerful um, is just being able to really see those stories for what they are. But when you're aware of them and you you have at least the premise that like, okay, this may not be 100% true, or I may be making this harder for myself than it has to be. And you can say like, okay, but what is the thought that I want to be true, that I'm amazing at sales, sales calls, that I have a super successful podcast, that my Facebook lives always do really well, like whatever it is, and then start stacking the evidence in that direction. I think that can be so incredibly powerful for getting out of our own way.
1: I think not only is—I mean, all the—you can't see me. I'm nodding my head. All of the yes. <laughs> I think what's really incredible as well is how quickly shifts can happen when we start to catch the stories and rewrite them for ourselves. And yes, to stacking up evidence that supports us. I keep an evidence log in my phone. I think a lot of people do this. It's not a new concept, but it's oh my god, I love that. It's a note section in my phone, and I write evidence that supports the stories I want to believe, and a really great thing to refer to, but it's also just a great it trains my brain to start looking for that evidence because of course our brain is trained to notice the negative things. It's a survival mechanism. So we have to work a little harder to train our brain to notice the positive things that support the stories we want. So I like to just chat it in my phone. It's really easy when I'm walking around the city. But it's amazing just to bring it back full circle how quickly the stories can shift when we start doing this work. I'm always like mind blown by how quickly for me, but for clients as well. Like once we start doing this work, things can just start moving so fast in the direction we want.
0: Yes, I love that so much. So can you share like a personal story or maybe a story of one of your clients for how they specifically like did that thought work to shift it and stop hiding in plain sight?
1: I can, if you want, I have a personal story from acting that comes to mind. And then I have a great Mm. story that's- trying to think what story to share there's so many fun stories um yes all the things all the things I think a fun and I think this is just a fun way to illustrate what hiding in plain sight is outside of our industry the way I noticed this coming up with acting we're very much taught in acting you know you're supposed to take up space and especially if you come from a theater background you're supposed to project your voice and make these bold choices and all the different techniques and tools you get hold as an actor, actress, when you're learning very similar to any industry we're in, as we're growing our business, you know, we get all these rules, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to essentially not hide in plain sight. And so it's really easy to audition to try to take a piece of material and like plug in all the things you're supposed to do, which causes you to hide in plain sight because you're stripping all of your, what you would bring to the character, who you really are. And for anyone who watches film, if you watch an Oscar award winning movie, a lot of times they're so still, they're so grounded, they're so present, they're so in their body. And that's what makes the work brilliant. They're not necessarily screaming at you, but they're able to jump through the screen because they have so much presence. They're so in their body. And so Mm. with acting, when I started acting, I was nervous and I'd come in with all of this almost big energy and just, it's just all the nerves. It's all, it's all the things we're talking about here. This is how I would sabotage myself, all the insecurities versus when I was able to stop hiding in plain sight. It was really interesting. It was such a drop into the body and such just a presence and stillness and a trusting of myself and what I was bringing to the work. And I mean, sometimes it would be loud. Sometimes it would be small, but it would be all my own. It would be whatever I was bringing to the table versus what I thought I was supposed to do. And it was mm. incredible how it would change the performance and the way it would connect and my ability to book work and the feedback I would get. And I think sometimes just hearing outside of our industry, we can hear, I don't know if that makes sense, but just how we can, I was physically showing up. I wasn't hiding, Hiding. I was showing up, but I was hiding in plain sight in that I wasn't bringing myself to the role and the massive shift that came when I did the mindset work to trust myself and show up differently. Does that make sense?
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. It makes so much sense to me. And I love that so much. And thank you so much for sharing that because I experienced a very similar thing in my pivot from design to coaching in that I like did not even want to like talk about the fact that I was a designer, right? (laughs) Like I was like, Oh my gosh, everyone is going to think that like, I am a terrible coach because I was a designer first and they're just not going to take me seriously. And I had built up like so many stories in my head, like so many about how like I just couldn't talk about this thing that had basically been who I was for like the past 10 years. Right. So it made absolutely zero sense not to talk about it and not to like talk about the fact that I had run a successful design business and talk about how I had like huge like high paying clients that I was walking away from when I was pivoting to coaching, like it made no sense not to talk about that because that was really what made me a great coach. Right. The fact that I had already built up a business, the fact that I was like doing incredible inside business, the fact that the only reason that I was pivoting was because I just felt like I wanted to be doing more of these, this coaching work because I saw that it would be getting my clients more results. And I saw that like, yeah, your branding and your website can look absolutely stunning. But if you're not doing the right work and the mindset work behind the scenes to build your business, it almost didn't even matter. And that was like, that was when I was like, okay, like I need to take this expertise and all of the previous years and really like that's anchor into the fact that that's what makes me an amazing coach. And I love the way that you talked about your story and acting about how you were showing up in the way that you thought you should be showing up, because that was the very same thing that I had experienced in in that pivot, right? So I was showing up talking about coaching stuff, because that's what I thought I should be doing, right? I wasn't talking about all the things that made me an amazing coach, because I had had all of that previous experience. So I relate to that on like, such a deep level.
1: I'm, again, you can't see me. I'm nodding my head. All the yeses, all the yeses to that. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I think it's so, it's so interesting, fascinating how we do this to ourselves. And I think so many of us probably can relate to this in, in different ways and it goes back right back to the stories we tell ourselves as well. And what a shift and so wonderful that you do have that experience and that you talk about it now, because of course that's what makes part of what makes you a brilliant coach but it's so interesting how we tell ourselves that's the piece we should pull back on or that's the piece we're not supposed to talk about or that's the piece we should keep really close to our heart and not share with anyone fascinating to me
0: totally so i would love to hear your client story
1: trying to think which one is the most fun to share i think i have a recent client story which is is fun she when she came to me she's brilliant at what she does and She had about $800 in her account when she started working with me. So terrified to invest in coaching and Mm. really good at what she was doing and wasn't sure why she wasn't booking more clients. And of course, most people, when we're in that space, we think it's got to be a strategy or it's like, I got to find some like secret magic thing that isn't working. And it turned out it was a lot of what we're talking about here. She was hiding in plain sight. She was showing up. She was doing the work when she was booking her jobs, brilliant, 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 and doing excellent work for her clients, but she was fully hiding in plain sight. She wasn't sharing any of her brilliance. she I don't want to out her name, but she wrote me after we started working together. She's like, I feel like the real insert my name has finally shown the F up. I don't know if we can curse on here. And so a lot of the yes. <laughs> was on having her stop hiding in plain sight and really tapping into that brilliance and getting really confident and comfortable sharing it and putting it out with the world, within two months, she got almost fully booked for the entire year. And she's now booking for the year for 2020. So for next year. And I think that's just such a great example of how it didn't have to take a long time. It also didn't have to require a ton of crazy strategy, but it did require her to stop hiding in plain sight and to do the mindset work as well as take action on, okay, so how do I show up? Similar to what you were talking about with your work and to the acting work, how do I show up fully presently as me and owning that and really allowing that to shine versus dulling some of that or lying to myself and pretending I am and not letting people see that? Or just
0: being terrified of it. Like, I think I was just actually legitimately scared and again, that was just like so many stories that I had crafted about what it meant to like be a coach basically. Right. And I think that like a lot of times it, it like, I feel like everything can almost go back and to fear and self-doubt like <laughs> 99% of the time, um, especially, especially in this entrepreneurial world. Cause man, like we push on your personal and your professional development from both sides. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just like you were saying, like part of that for me was just like owning that wholeness and owning the fact that like okay, this is like part of who I am and why would I why would I dull that down and why would I dim that when that's actually like an amazing part of what it is that I do. Um, and I think like that was the mindset shift that made the biggest difference for me, for sure. But I think that there are so many, like so many of us women high achievers that just have that inkling to, to like pull back and to dim it. And I think like just recognizing that, like, even in those instances, like, for the longest time, I was terrible at accepting compliments. Like it took so much for me to say thank you when someone gave me a compliment. Right. And I think it was just like, again, like these stories show up, like mindset's the foundation of everything. Right. So chances are, if you like have a mindset challenge in one area of your life, like it's, Absolutely, going to show up in your business too. So I think just that, like dimming in general, um, was just like so prevalent for me early on. Do you have any thoughts on like why we have that impulse to do that? So <laughs> <still> many thoughts. <laughs> and I <I'll>, am <laughs> to
1: piggyback on what you're you're saying. I'm right there with you. I really think it's all connected. So how something affects our business, it's usually going to show up in our personal life as well. And vice versa. I mean, tell me how you do one thing and I can tell you how you do all things. And so just absolutely agreeing with what you have to say. And in terms of why we do this and I think high achievers in general, because we're talking about this, I mean, there's a couple different reasons. I think there's absolutely, like you said, fear for sure. We're wired to have fear. It's how we've evolved as a species. And anytime we're up-leveling, and we are growing and we're stepping outside our comfort zone, we're going to kick up the fear response in our brain. And so unless we're very consciously and actively seeking to put in that conscious thought and to get into our, to geek out, but to get into our prefrontal cortex, we're going to hang out in the reptilian part of our brain and hang out in fear. And so building a business, putting yourself out there, showing up and taking up space and being visible, even if we're hiding in plain sight, that's usually a new scary thing. It's going to kick up fear. So 100% 100% to the fear. I think there's a huge piece for a lot of women and man, men. A lot of us fall into the I'm not good enough space. And so, especially as you're starting a new business or if you're up leveling, I find that comes up a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And then the other thing I mm-hmm. find for high achievers in terms of the dulling your light that I find really common, and tell me if this is something that resonates with you. It's definitely been a big part for me, but there is a, and I think this comes from the, what makes us want to be heart-centered, service-driven people? I think there's this empathetic caretaker part of us that oftentimes also has come with some story, something we've picked up along the way in terms of what it means to be safe around others. So if we've always been a high achiever and we shine too bright, a lot of times, at least I know for me, I got bullied and teased in high school for being in the smart classes, for being doing well in sports, for fill in the blank. And so I learned really quickly, if I was going to be a part of the tribe and have people like me, the best way to do that was to downplay things and to yuck my own yum and to hide in plain sight. Essentially, it was a really great way to make sure people didn't dislike me. And I think as adults and in business, I think a lot of us who are high achievers have very quickly learned, oh, I do well. And then sometimes people don't love that. And so the best way I can get that fulfillment from achievement and not get kicked out of the tribe is to dull my shine a little bit, to downplay things, to water things down, to play big with a lowercase b instead of a capital B. And that way can still feel safe. And I feel like I'm putting myself out there, but I don't have to worry so much about people hating me.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. So as you were talking, I was thinking of, I actually have um, a free guide all about like unearthing your money stories. Mm. And one of the I did a talk the other day, and one of the most common things, objections and stories I hear around um, money is uh, these women entrepreneurs saying that, like, I don't even need to make money doing this. I would do it anyway. And I think that goes back to that, like, heart-centered piece, but also the fact that, like, that's totally dimming light. Right. And that's totally what feels safe and comfortable, because if you're telling yourself like, I would be doing this anyway, I'm doing it because I love it. Like I'm doing it because I'm heart centered. Like I don't even need to make money. Like that's totally a way of your brain keeping you safe because you just can't let yourself down if you're constantly telling yourself that story. But it also means that you're not going to try to make money. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like our beliefs can really like bump up against each other in that way where you're like, Oh my gosh, I want to be successful. I want to make money. I want to shine. I want to be smart. I want to be like, like all of the stories that we were talking about and all of the results that we like really deeply desire. But then at the same time, we can really like try to dim that and fit in and tell ourselves these stories that keep us safe and comfortable so that we don't really have to like step out into
1: that. It's funny. I, I, Literally just this last week was talking about money too. So we're we're so aligned and so much to <laughs> that. It's so true. It's so it's so fascinating to me. And I just think it's really interesting. This is just how our brain works. Our brain, it's exactly what you said. We want all of these things consciously and then subconsciously, all our brain wants to do is keep us safe and we want to feel love. We want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like we're part of a group, a tribe. That's kind of the like summary of everything we bump up against. So we want these big things and those big things push right up against that safety feeling or that feeling of love and then we have this conflict and that safety and belonging piece is the part of our brain that's been around a lot longer so if we're not consciously actively working to shift those stories that part of our brain's always going to win because it's it's just been firing and wiring for a lot longer.
0: Totally. And it's just how it's built, right? Like it's part of being a human, but it's also that ability that we have to, to make a choice to say like, okay, do I want to keep operating the way I was wired? And does that support me? And does it support the results that I want?
1: Absolutely. And I think maybe knowing that it's also okay if it feels all sorts of yucky and uncomfortable, because I think sometimes, and I don't know if you've come up with this if your clients have come up against this but I find there's so much online in terms of positivity and feeling good which I'm all about but I think sometimes we miss the piece that also sometimes this is really effing uncomfortable and it can be for a moment we're sitting in some lock as we are transitioning or we are changing these stories and that's normal
0: and I love what you just said that's being human that's okay that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong and just making that okay too like I do think that there's a certain glorification in the online space in general that makes you think that everything is 100% great 100% of the time and that's just not how it works right, right. <laughs> like anytime you're doing this kind of deep personal development and mindset work like you have you almost have to go to through the muck to get to the other side, right? Because it's in those breakthroughs, it's in those experiences that you actually, that you like get to the new thought, that you get to um, that kind of like next level. You know, like a lot of the time it isn't just a like flip of a switch, you know? And like, I'm not saying it can't be, but a lot of the time, like it's through doing this work that you get there. Absolutely. And
1: then it does get to be faster and easier, as these things come up again, to move through and to hang out longer in the positive space, but it's Brooke Castillo talks about this. How she calls it? She uh, talks about the. Oh my god, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can geek out over her when we end this, but she talks about the fifty percent. You know, positive, positive fifty percent negative. I mm-hmm. personally think it's a little more than fifty percent. We can hang out in the positive um, when we're doing this work, but the whole idea is. Even when we're doing this work and things are operating and we're in the higher part of our brain and we're not hiding in plain sight and we're feeling great, there's still a part, things in our life, life happens, and there's parts of our brain that are just naturally going to hand us stuff that we have to work through. And that's just
0: normal. Totally. If someone wants to get started with these kind of mindset blocks, um, do you have a good place for them to sort of like dive deeper and sort of look at some of the common mindset blocks that might be holding them back? Check out my website. I do. So you can head over to
1: my, <laughs> my name, kimrbfinger.com, which I assume there will be a link because that is a mouthful of a name. And I have a free guide over there with some of the most common mindset blocks I see come up for entrepreneurs, creatives, and coaches, along with some tips to help you shift them. So you can get unstuck, get out of your own way, get out there, do your thing, stop hiding plain sight, make more money doing what you love. And there's also a ton of free resources on my website as well. So I'd love to have you
0: all over there to grab that. Amazing. Um, Yes, we will definitely link to that in the show notes. And if people loved what they heard from you today, where can they find you?
1: My website's always a great place. Everything I do, everything in my business world is over there. I also have a Facebook group, Business Besties and Creative Bosses. I'm very active in there. I love that community. I would very, very much love to have you. And then I'm active on Instagram as well, which is my name, at Kim Marketsinger.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kim. It's been so much fun. Thank you for having me. I love this conversation
1: and really hope everyone got something out of it.
0: Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. About um, kind of like what, give me one more second. I'm going to do it one more time.